and like that. That's supposed to be a snap. And like that. Hambo is back. Back in town. Back and I'm bad. He thought I was gone for the month of May. No. No, silly. No, no, no. I don't give up that easily. It ain't over till it's over till it's over. May. We're like at the end of May. We're on May 27th. And this is my first podcast of the month. Can you believe it? Well, it's not always about quantity here, ladies and ladies and gentlemen. It's about quality. Quality. Sometimes you got to have quality content. Something to talk about. Something worth jibba-jabbing about, as Mr. T would affectionately say. A lot has happened in the month of May. A lot. A lot. And, uh, you know, I was supposed to drop a uh, Multiverse of Madness review. Uh, seems like everyone's beat me to the punch. There's been over 100,000 reviews of the Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> And they're all coming to the the same conclusion. Alright. The cracks are starting to show. Uh, here's a spoiler. Spoiler review. The cracks are starting to f show, Kevin. Alright. The story is starting to take a hit. Now, unless he pulls... Kevin Feige pulls something out of his rear that's pretty damn amazing at the end of this phase. I think we could be seeing one of the waning few years of the MCU. I, I, I think even if that's the case, I think it'll always be its, its thing, but it'll have kind of like comics in a way. <laughs> It's up times and it's down times. Speaking of comics, move this subway uh, bag here. Um, I can't tell you the last time I bought a comic book. Really, mostly because I don't have a lot of room for them anymore because I have so many. You can't just keep collecting comic books. That's the problem with the whole thing I never really took seriously until... It was time to be taken seriously. You know, I, I, I can, I can get them digitally. I could, I could start buying them digitally, but which is something I must do, really. Um, but I will say, it's much harder to remind myself to buy comics online because it's just you're not in the shop. You're not in that. There's so much about comic comic shops that put you in that state of mind just going in there and be surrounded by walls of comics shelves of comics that puts you in that world kind of like a good bookstore will do that whether it's a used bookstore that used bookstore store musty smell the old pages you know it kind of puts you in that mind frame even with new bookstores where you can smell the freshness of the books there's life to that. Same with 
the movie stores, like uh, rental stores. And as I say this, almost rest in peace, rest in peace family video, uh, because two of the family videos I know in the state of Michigan have gone out of business. And it's terrible. And that's another thing we could talk about here. Uh, Redbox, the state of the industry, Redbox going out of business too. Man, lots happening in May. And it's coming fast. I think that's part of it. So much to take in fast. And so little energy to do it. And when I say this, I say this because, well, first of all, let me plug in my computer before it, uh, the battery wears out. Pardon me. Physical media. DVDs. Are taking a hit in a lot of different ways right now. Much like the comic industry. There's parallels. I collect DVDs and I have a lot of DVDs too and they're a lot like comics where you have the they're like in a book form you have the information on like you have the cover art okay you got the credits in the back you got you got bonus content you got commentary you got so much of what goes into making a movie that keeps you interested in movies now that's starting to kind of slowly go away and that's terrible um now here's the thing i can't keep buying dvds i can't now i'm going off a rant i i, I ran i thought i was supposed to be reviewing multiple multiverse of madness i will get back to that i i just want to go off and tell you like how much has been hitting us you know, if everything is digital, right, and everything is online, right, we don't get control. We don't get the control of when to watch something, where to take, you know, where to take this to somebody else that wants to watch it or you want to show this movie to somebody else. Um, there's no treasuring of something there's no specialness they're trying to suck the specialness out of things and i think digital does that a lot of that and i don't i don't like that i mean yeah you can't just keep buying dvds and buying and buying them i mean there's gonna there's a limit you either have to get rid of some old dvds or you have to get let someone hold on to them or something or, or throw them out and that sucks i don't want to do that but i can i recognize you just can't keep physical buying physical things um, it becomes a problem uh, hence the studio right now is full of books DVDs and all that sort of thing so again I think this is everything's going to become niche going to the movies gonna be a niche thing to do a vintage thing to do collecting movies is gonna be a niche uh, thing to do for the hardcore uh, movie movie guys, just like the hardcore comic uh, readers, uh, you know we you know we love this stuff. We do. We love being experts on it. 
We love falling in love with the worlds that are drawn and filmed for us. I mean, there's so many parallels in comics and movies that just and people are always afraid to make that uh, that crossover when it's so obvious. I mean, you're working with visual media um, at telling you a story sequentially. Same with films, visual media sequentially. The only thing it's really changing is like the length, maybe, in which you can digest something. Uh, reading, you're reading a comic instead of listening to the dialogue and visually, but you're both, in both mediums, you're visually taking in the picture subconsciously and, and consciously of visual metaphors and, and atmosphere and all that good stuff, style. And also I wanted to say, uh, this is another two huge things, two, uh, two big things. Uh, rest in peace, Neil Adams. Right, artist of Dead Man, um, and a slew of other popular comics, uh, Batman. Um, anything else? Green Lantern. Um, guy was able to work in Marvel and DC using the same name. Pretty amazing guy. I never realized how amazing he really was. But let's get to the real, not that, <laughs> I should say that, the real, they're both equally important. Mr. George Perez, another giant in the industry, who am I, I met, and uh, super nice guy, super grounded. Uh, I once asked him, uh, you know, if he uses me a mechanical pencil to draw, and he says, yeah, this I go, is there a certain pencil you should draw with? He's like, no, any anyone that you feel that need you can you feel comfortable with. And there's no there's no um, there's no stigma against using a mechanical pencil. And he was drawing. Uh, this was at the Motor City Comic Con at the time in Novi, and he was drawing. I think he was drawing like a, a Wolverine portrait and marker or something like that, or inking it. And uh, such a down-to-earth, neat guy. Not much ego there. Very approachable. I think he signed some books for me. And George Perez of, you know, Teen Titans, uh, Wonder Woman, Crisis on Infinite Earths, which was a big one for me, uh, which my brother uh, got me reading a lot of the DC comics when I was a kid. DC was like the number one comic uh, company that I, I started with and then I kind of slowly went over to Marvel for a bit um, some early issues of X-Men and Wolverine and uh, Daredevil kind of got me over there got me more familiar and of course Spider-Man uh, especially I think especially I went over to, to Marvel during the Spider-Man era right before the image era with uh, Todd McFarlane McFarlane and uh, Eric Larson, but uh, yeah, George Perez, this is a tremendous loss for the industry. I mean, one of the most warm and approachable dudes and, and talented guys. This guy could draw huge scenes of so many characters. Like you're talking like, he could have like 50 characters in a, in a big panel. And the detail, the level of detail on each one, it's astounding.
and the facial expressions and the, uh, the anatomy is all he had it all together he was the complete package uh, was he the flashiest uh, comic artist no no he wasn't but he was good standard I shouldn't say I should say he set the standard of what good comic book art should be and whenever he drew something I was reading for sure I was interested um, yeah so many classics that guy drew but uh, I guess I'll cover another loss in the industry of the film industry uh, Ray Liotta whom I just found out the other day I think last night that had has passed and uh, of Goodfellas fame of uh, Copland fame a lot of people forget he has a pivotal role in the underrated movie Copland with Sylvester Stallone um, so many uh, so many ones that if they weren't hits they're kind of there in the background um, I think he always brought a kind of he can bring uh, kind of in every in every man, definitely an every man presence to his roles. But he could be uh, a villain too. Um, so yeah, I think he was he was the big for a while uh, late '80s there. I think he he was the big uh, promising star working his way up, um, especially with Goodfellas. You know that was a big spotlight on him as the lead. And, uh, man, it's just, it's sad. It's sad. I mean, he passed away in sleep. And, uh, which is not a bad way to go. He was on a movie set. I don't know if he was sleeping and taking a nap during the movie or something. Or, I, he was probably, he was probably the night, one of the nights everyone was, you know, after work. But it's so sad. It's, you know, that guy was the face of a lot of many movies, um, 80s and 90s. And, uh, you know, he might have had some struggles a little bit in his career, probably the last, you know, 10 or 15 years or so. But he stayed in the picture. He was always a good um, actor and always had a good presence. Um, it's just tough to stay in the game at a certain level because you have so many up and, you know, new... Uh, new talent, new people coming in, and you have to kind of, I'm sure you get relegated to a, uh, not so much the lead, but, you know, supporting actor, or uh, the older, the dad, or whatever, uh, but uh, he's always stayed in there, and he's always kept his A-game up, and uh, I don't think the man ever, you know, phoned in a performance. Uh but it's sad. It's sad. Uh, I, I I felt that he he had probably a few more things, a few more good uh, good works in him uh, for the film industry, a few more good performances. But unfortunately, uh, you know, life has the the final say in that. Um, so it's good to do your best work when you can, because you never know when that day is going to come and creep up, and that's it. So that's one of the interesting things about this podcast. And, you know, I always figured you know, it's 
good to put something out because this is kind of a record of me and my life as well. And if anyone finds it, if anyone cares, you know, outside of my family, and they learn something or they get something out from out of it, that's fantastic. It's fantastic. But uh, I think we should all do that in our lives and, and write journals so we don't forget our memories. And because uh, you can forget your memories too, and it sucks. Your friends have to tell you what you've forgotten. Nothing is forgotten. So, Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> Let's go into it. Now that I covered that, was that enough? <laughs> I think so. Uh, Multiverse of Madness uh, starts off uh, in the middle of a scene. Uh, Medium S Res, I think that's the name of it. Where there's just, uh, yeah, spoilers, big spoilers. Uh, an alternate Spanish-speaking Doctor Strange is is running, you know, in this uh, floating limbo kind of uh, area, open area, and they confront this kind of bandaged uh, monster, and there's a book of the Ashanti that he needs to get in order to stop some incursion or something like that and uh, the, the girl he's with uh, America Ferreira uh, America Ferreira <laughs> there's another actor hold on let me google this I want America forever. It's too on. Um, it's too close. I don't know if the uh, the author did that on purpose. Of, of, of the let's see, author of the, the creator, of the actor, America Chavez. Yeah, seeing America, America Ferrera. She's an actress. It's America Chavez. All right. <laughs> it's not a common name that I know of America so uh, that's, that's what I'm saying <laughs> um, at least not here in the States so they they team up she can transport through other dimensions using her star power and she is almost sacrificed to stop this whole incursion thing from destroying the multiverse or whatever at least that universe and Doctor Strange uh, gets killed. And she transports into the MCU currently as it is. And Doctor Strange uh, has to fight a big um, shot. Uh, what is the name of that big thing? They call it something else, which is stupid. I don't know why. Shahamagorath or something like that. It's a big squid. Octopus one-eyed monster. Um, which is great. It's a great scene. And Doctor Strange is awesome in it. He comes up with some great little uh, 
he comes with like uh, makes like a, a bandsaw thing to chop uh, chop up this, this creature. Uh, and it's a good scene. It, it shows up. It's invisible, but he's able to make it visible. And there's a good scene where where Doctor Strange Shumagorath Shumagorath says here. I'm looking at uh, Google. Uh, Shumagorath Gorath was a malevolent entity. From another dimension, Doctor Strange managed to dispatch Shumagorath, and the character uh, appeared sparsely over the next 20 years, shifting from pink to green in subsequent appearances. Also in Marvel vs. Capcom. I just made that one up. Shumagorath. So it, it, it thinks very uh, H.P. Lovecraftian. And Doctor Strange goes to Wanda in her, her outside uh, garden of sorts, I guess. And we come to find out that, you know, he's like trying to get her help. But the whole thing uh, outside of she's trimming these trees, but it come, turns out to be an illusion. And it gets right to it. and Which was surprising. Like, wow, I didn't see that one coming. And she's there and she's the scarlet witch she's been reading this book which was alluded to at the end of wandavision after the credits uh reading the dark hold which is an evil uh uh evil book to read uh for sorcery and whatnot and the book of the ashanti is supposed to cancel it out or something to that effect uh so they get in kind of a bit of a, you know, she she reveals that she released uh, Shama Gorath onto onto the world to get America Chavez, not Ferreira, <laughs> and it's good, it's good. Um, there's a bunch of big fighting here. Um, Doctor Strange gets his friend, uh, Sorcerer Supreme, uh, I think it's Wang or, or somebody to help him, um, and he's good. I mean, there's a scene where there's, uh, they're, they're, after that they're fighting at this temple, and there's a Minotaur guy, <laughs> which I kind of wish they went more into the backstory, the Minotaur monk, and much fighting monks, and... Doctor Strange goes to talk with Wanda in the air and basically uh, he says, well, I understand what happened at Westview. That wasn't your fault, which was a bunch of BS. It totally was. And, uh, but you can't do this here and yada, yada, yada. And she decides to destroy all these monks because she's super, super powerful now as a Scarlet Witch because she's been reading the Dark Hold, and so she can. She has these energy balls that she can just like pretty much just mount, you know, plow through people. Uh, before this, you know, after the Shuma Gorath situation, Doctor Strange meets America uh, Chavez, and they have a 
sit down and have breakfast, and there's some back and forth dialogue, and Spider-Man's mentioned, and it's really kind of spare, really sparse kind of dialogue, and it's not a strong scene for the actress playing America Chavez. She's very, I don't know, kind of like OG. We get a lot of OG facial expressions. Um, very kind of the same expression. Not a lot of different variations. I don't think she's very experienced of an actress. She's okay. She says the lines. You know, she showed up. She punched her ticket. She ate the craft services, but she's not anything to write home about. <laughs> I mean, there's actresses out there that could really probably take that character and run with it and really milk the, the few lines that they have in each scene. Um, this is not one of them. Um, so, there's a lot of really neat uh, fighting. You know, there's a whole thing where Wanda's hiding in, in mirrors. And she comes out of a mirror. And you can't look in the mirror or she'll find you and she'll try to drag you in. And she comes out of one uh, in kind of like a weird, uh, bizarre way where she's upside down. And she comes out through her, her hands or something like that. You have to see it to kind of... You know, I'm trying to paint a visual for you. It's it's very kind of zombie-like. Um, but there's some... Here's the thing with this movie. Uh, there's a lot of raminess going on. It's directed by Sam Raimi, but not enough raminess, I think. It's like... It's almost like... It's struggling to be your standard blockbuster Doctor Strange movie. But it's also trying to be very Sam Raimi. But it, it's like, it, it kind of doesn't do either or either of them good enough to be to be the full versions of each of each one. It's hard to explain, but it's it's a hodgepodge. Which you can do as long as the script is strong. And if you watch, uh, if you watched uh, No Way Home, Spider-Man, I mean, say what you will about it as far as the pacing and the editing, but the story was strong, and all the emotional beats were there, and I felt like they lost the momentum of that. It, it almost felt like we were expected kind of to follow from that one, the same story beats here. Because Doctor Strange, at the end of that one, there's big spoilers for that, so prepare. I'm going to go into it. He says, they're coming in. I can't keep them away. You know, there's something, all these things are coming through the sky. Now, it's some kind of incursion, I guess. Uh, some kind of rip in, in the multiverse. But what was it in the sky that is trying to, you know, get to him? and Get to the, that world? that earth we don't know so there's the illuminati which big spoilers here it's made of uh black bolt uh from the, from the inhumans uh the uh, sharon uh no not sharon carter uh, carter what's her name sharon carter i think 
I'm getting the, maybe the name wrong, but Captain America version with uh, his girlfriend from back in the day, um, Agent Carter, and if she took the super serum, and Mr. Fantastic, which is great, uh, played from Jim from The Office. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, oh, dang it, it's right in the tip of my tongue. But he's in it, and he, you know, he's talking in it, but I, I don't, I feel like everything was kind of, this might have been the reshoot, like, it was kind of last minute. I don't feel like he had a lot of time to really chew the, over his lines with the character and really get lost in the scene and what, I don't think he had a really good, great grip on what the character is about, but he was there and he, I think he had, you know, he did his best with what he had. Um, given the chance to do a, a full movie, I think he would do a lot better acting wise. But again, this movie doesn't have a strong, it's, dialogue isn't exactly its strong suit in telling you information through the dialogue as well. Um, and of course, Professor Xavier in his old school 90s, late 80s uh, floating yellow chair, but according to some people, it, it didn't float. And it's entirely too big. <laughs> but I got to give him points for doing it at least. And Xavier shows up. And they're saying, hey, to Doctor Strange, like in the previews. You know, you you screwed up here. Um, you've uh, created an incursion. And we got to do something about it. Uh, we had to kill um, the other version of you that um, killed Thanos. But you uh read from the dark hold or something like that and so they had to kill dr strange it, it was it's very the explanation isn't there that great and it's not emotionally it doesn't hit you emotionally hard where it needs to be and i think that's part of it it's because you have san raimi but if you look at spider-man 2 1 those are good emotional movies so i, I sam raimi can do it but it's just, it wasn't, I didn't feel as invested in this one. Um, they want you to be invested in Scarlet Witch's uh, struggle. You know, because she wants her kids and all that. But she doesn't talk about Vision anymore. Um, and she's so over, like, she kills everybody. She kills the whole Illuminati in, like... You know, I'm exaggerating here. 15 seconds, but it feels like that. I didn't feel like this Illuminati was built up enough. Um, that should have, it should have been a longer... If they're going to be such a major part of the story, why aren't they a longer part of the story? Why don't we get to know them a little bit more? You know, so when they do get killed, it's not so throwaway. Um, and another thing I will say about this movie... It feels kind of cheap in some parts. Like in the part with the Illuminati, it looks kind of cool and big budgety, but then when you actually watch the scene, it's just there's not much. There's a lot of flat walls, and it feels like some of those walls are a little wobbly. You know, it just it's got Venom two problems as far as some of the quality of how it looks. So I don't know what the hell happened there. 
Again, maybe it's a grainy stylistic choice to not care about the backgrounds as much, but it shows. <laughs> and then, um, you know, I'm skipping over a lot, but Doctor Strange meets another version of him that's dark. But if you watch the What If series, it explores another version of him that's dark. And it's heartbroken over losing Christine. He can't save her. It's Groundhog Day. He tries to save her in all these different realities. He can't do it. Um, and he gets locked up, I think, at the end. He helps out the Watcher, but he's still locked up in his own destroyed universe in like a little bubble. And uh, that could have been this one. And this one, it, it wasn't. It kind of, it, it's similar to that one. But this one's got a third eye, and which is done kind of cheesy. It's like it looks really obviously superimposed. Again, that's probably a Raimi cheese-tastic effect. Okay. Um, there's a lot of things that Raimi does in his other movies that aren't done here. Like, there's a big... He always seems to do a big zoom-in that's not possible like a micro zoom in. like it goes from the big to the small and he goes through something or the camera fo camera follows something into somebody's eyeball none of that was really done here like dark man stuff um tropes though his tropes are there like dealing with the undead uh some of the undead that dr strange ends up working with um they become kind of like a they seem like a stop action animation which is cool i was fine with that and there's a zombie dr strange that comes out of the uh, you know that's part of the first uh, uh spanish-speaking dr strange but he gets resurrected and he helps out america chavez at the end defeat scarlet witch which is fine i guess you know um but here's the thing, I you know dark you know they say they feel bad for Dark Doctor Strange, I do because he he didn't his storyline doesn't really get continued, really, from the first one. I feel that we've lost a lot of development of him from being a surgeon to becoming a sorcerer guy, and then getting involved and becoming super good at being a sorcerer and infinity war and endgame i felt like we needed more of his journey and i guess we've been on his journey but we haven't been on his personal journey as much we hasn't fo we haven't focused like how does he feel having to be do all this stuff and not have a love life right and he kind of plays with that a little bit am i happy whatever um you know i'm not trying to say anything about playing this stuff but uh he finds that version of Christine there, where he's at, and she has him locked up, and, you know, when everything's going down, he, he ends up, like, saying, well, you know, I, I you know, I, I love you, <laughs> which is crazy, you know, I get it, but what, he says, I love you, and it's like, uh, he doesn't even go for the kiss, like, he's getting ready to leave that, that, that reality, it's like, you know, you might as well just go for the kiss, go for it you know what is there to lose you've, you've battled dr strange you've battered battled like demons and ultra ultra dimensional creatures but you can't kiss this girl or even hug her for that matter 
you know, after pulling, after spilling his whole heart to her. So I thought, I thought that was ridiculous. I'm like, come on, give us a hero that we can kind of be like, okay, he's, you know, he's got courage too. He's going to go, for, or even though maybe he's doesn't know this one, he's still going to, he's still going to go for it. Cause it's a Christine <laughs> and the Christine in his world isn't going for him. The Christine angle, it just doesn't work. She just, she's not motivated enough. Okay. To be with him. <laughs> I feel really bad for the guy and maybe they're setting it up for this other sorceress that he meets uh played by uh charlie Theron, but she comes off as kind of a kind of a meanie so uh yeah uh bruce campbell's in it and i felt they wasted him in the movie they could have made him a, so a sorcerer supreme or a, a doctor strange in a different universe that would have been fun um there's no end scene where you feel like oh but uh, there was an end scene you know dr strange has a third eye and it's all zany and he's going what the heck and he's kind of looking at the camera almost <laughs> and uh that's when uh this clea girl the sorceress shows up and she goes hey there's an incursion we need your help jerk <laughs> and so he goes into the portal or whatever and so they leave some of it open but I, I keep saying this movie closes more doors than it keeps open or opens because it just feels like there's so many opportunities for them to do something interesting with these different universes or bring in other heroes from other universes. Heck, even new ones if they wanted to make up new ones. Uh, but they, there's, there's some creative things going on, but it's not as creative enough for the concept the concept is bigger than the story and the creativity the concept is bigger uh everything in our imaginations was bigger than we saw much bigger and although they give gave us some neat stuff you know you're not gonna it's not a waste of money going to see the movie you just wish they had done more with it and you know it's that's 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 my review. I know I'm leaving some stuff out, but you know, there's a hundred thousand new reviews out there. I'm hitting this, I'm hitting it late. You know, Top Gun has come out today. I gotta go see that. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm just, it's just too bad. It, it, it's, you don't really know where it's going. And the first, the, you know, the earlier phases of the other phases of the Marvel universe, you feel, you felt like, it's all leading up to something. This one isn't really leading up to something or they're introducing some characters. though here and there, some villains, but I'm not that excited about it. You know, and the individual movies and the individual shows are hit and miss could be better in a lot of ways. I felt like Hawkeye could have been better. I think they sold Hawkeye as a, well, that's a whole nother thing. Um, so I'm going to the final score, Multiverse of Madness. I, I kind of rate things on a Van Helsing scale, where Van Helsing is like a seven movie for me, which is a, probably bigger than a lot of people give that movie. Since I rate most of the movies fall that are good, are, all, are either from an eight to a ten, and if they're pretty, you know, good enough, I'd say seven. 
this is really close. I'd say this is either a high seven or low eight. And now after chewing it over, I'm gonna say it's a high, high seven, where it's like, it's kind of flawed, but there's a lot of stuff to like about it. Um, it's worth seeing, but not as good as it is in your mind, which is too bad. It's a little disappointing, but still enjoyable. Still enjoyable, I guess, you know. I, I don't know. I, I feel like part of me wants to go lower, but I, I was at a low eight uh, for a while there. This is a, a high, a high seven. So there you go. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm going to wrap it up. I got to get ready to go to my uh, other studio uh, further up north. And uh, hopefully I'll do another podcast up there and do a, a Top Gun review. And I'm overdone, over, overdone, overdue to do a James Bond review of uh, Live and Let Die. So... Thanks for listening. I know it's been a while. Thanks for being patient. Uh, work has really sucked it out of me as far as the energy goes. So, again, I wanted to put something out there where I feel I have the energy to put it out there. And this review, I covered a lot here, in which I could expand more on Neil Adams, George Perez, Redbox, Ray Liotta. Um, but I'm putting that out there. And, uh, well... May you all have long days and pleasant nights. I'll see you back here real soon.